Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Millennial Manhood. This is your host, Yavitsa Djurjevic. Um, glad to be back on the air and wanted to give a brief shout out to everybody. I saw at the UT game this past weekend, although we got demolished by Florida and I've just kind of come to terms with the fact that UT will probably suck forever. It was great to see everybody and I've got quite a few compliments on the podcast, which was awesome. So uh, that was really, really encouraging and I, I love to experience that and then I look forward to having more more encounters like that. But um, today we've got a special guest with us, Kevin Woolman. He is uh, an entrepreneur, a millennial, and just a, an all-around really interesting guy. Uh, Kevin, introduce yourself. Uh, yeah, so my name is Kevin Woolman. Um, I'm 27, founder of Southern Scholar Socks. Uh, we are essentially a men's dress sock subscription. Uh, we provide the highest quality dress socks in the world, uh, delivered uh, at the beginning of each month, and every design is based on seasonality. So you get the brighter colors in the spring and the you know darker, more subtle tones in the fall and the winter. Awesome, awesome. And you guys can go to southernscholar.com and, and check out the socks and check out the website and the subscription. But uh, Kevin, so as you might imagine, most 20-something-year-olds are not getting in the sock business in 2018. So uh, how on earth did you end up doing this? So basically, I've always had a passion for uh, menswear and, and enjoyed dressing up and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but when I was in college, I was a accounting major. Um, not quite what I wanted to do, but, you know, more convinced by uh, family that it was more of a safe path. Um, my school, I went to Arizona State, uh, they actually offered a management slash entrepreneurship program that I really wanted to pursue. Um, but kind of got the, the talk from the dad of, you know, what kind of job you get out of school with that and, and, uh, was kind of led into a safer, uh, route, which is kind of interesting because my dad is actually an entrepreneur and has owned uh, his own business his whole life. So it's it's interesting that he kind of steered me away, but he wanted me to kind of have a, a safe backup plan. So uh, the long story short is I basically went to school, got my accounting degree, hated every minute of it. Um, I was interning at one of the big four firms out here in Dallas uh, each summer and hated it just as much as studying the subject. Um so I finished up my three years uh, interning. I was supposed to return back to school, get a master's in tax. Uh, and instead, I went back and got my degree in entrepreneurship. Um, I came back to Dallas the following year. That would have been 2014. Uh, I started back at the accounting firm full-time uh, that July. And uh, I started noticing the trend among my office that everybody from intern to partner was wearing some sort of pattern sock. Um, but the issue that I saw was a lot of them were wearing super flamboyant, flashy, you know, for lack of a better term, tacky socks uh, while trying to portray a business, you know, professional or business casual uh, demeanor. Um, and on the other side, a lot of them were wearing colors that just didn't match with the rest of, of their outfit. So, I was a big fan of dress socks. I was a big fan of pattern dress socks. And I also was having a hard time finding something that was professional uh, while still unique. And when I did, uh, the quality just wasn't there. I was getting two or three wears out of them and they were falling apart. So I thought, how has nobody solved this problem of the poorly made dress socks, something that is so important, something that we wear every day? How has nobody solved that problem? And two, what if I could help these guys in my office uh, by kind of giving them a how-to guide of how to style their outfit around their socks. 
Um, mm-hmm. So I started working on it nights and weekends while you know working 80, 90 hour weeks uh, during tax season. Uh, and I was able to quit that job uh, one year into it, July of 2015, and uh, get this company off the ground by November of 2015. I love it. So you basically said, I want to follow my passion and you did. You, you said, which when you said I hated accounting, it's like, oh, I've never heard that before. Yeah. Now <laughs> you're no, in finance, correct? Yeah, but I'm not a, you know, it's, uh, I'm more of an economist rather sure. than, a, than an accountant. Right. Which um, is way more interesting. Yeah. It, it's more about, uh, and I'm not picking on accountants, James. I love no. you. Everybody out there listening. Um, accounting is more about one plus one equals two accounting. Uh, economics is more about one plus one equals two, but why? Sure. <laughs> what is the deeper meaning? Sure. It? If I could, yeah. If I could go back to college and choose a more, fi- stay in the financial realm, um, but choose a more interesting degree now that I know more about you know what things actually are, I would have definitely gone economics or finance. Um, but that's one thing about when you're in school and you're, and you're that young, you don't even know what these subjects are. Exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm the son of an economist, so I was aware of that. Um, but yeah, you're, you're 100% right. So well, let's, let's, I want to go back to something you said really early on. You said you always enjoyed dressing up. Sure. Elaborate, elaborate a little bit more on that. Why do you think that is? I don't, I don't really have an answer for that, to be honest. Um, it wasn't something that I, you know, anybody else in my family is into. Um, I really don't have an answer for that. I just always kind of liked the look of a suit and tie and a pocket square and, you know, a well-tailored suit, pants that, you know, hit the the top of your shoe just right, you know, small little mid-break, um, showing a little cuff out of the jacket. It was just, I think it might have something to do with how detail-oriented I am um, mm-hmm. and how observant I am that I just like the little things. Um, so that might've been the, the, you know, the switch for it, but socks was a great way to enter that industry without having to go to a VC and raise a million dollars to start a best book suit company. Um, you know, like combatant gentlemen, for, for those of you that are familiar with them, they source all their own, uh, wool. They actually bought a sheep farm, um, they do a huge direct to consumer best book, uh, suit, suit business, but you know, you got to raise hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars to, to, to get into that kind of yeah. that industry on a large scale, at least if you're doing a, an individual best book shop, I mean, obviously it's a different, uh, different animal, but, uh, this was a great way to enter that market. Um, and what surprised me more than anything, I, and I had a, a passion for socks for sure. And I loved, I loved them, but my passion really grew as the business started to form. I, I kind of realized how much I truly love socks, how much they can help bring an outfit together as I went through it. I mean, socks are probably one of my biggest struggles. Uh, I, I'm guilty of being quite conservative in socks because I, I do feel like, and we talked about this when I originally talked to you, it's like, you know, the the powder blue sock with the p- pink flamingo is cool, but I'm not really going to wear that to the office. Yeah. So. So I just stick to the blues and the grays and maybe some polka dots somewhere. Sure. So, I mean, that's kind of what we do. We, we're never going to send you something and have you think, when am I going to wear this, right? Um, I would much prefer you to wear a solid Navy sock with a Navy suit than to wear a pink flamingo sock with a Navy suit, to be quite honest. Um, so everything we do, we call it subtle, um, but sophisticated, simple, subtle, but but sophisticated. So there's going to be a pattern to it. There's going to be some color to it. But it's going to be something that complements or 
clashes nicely with, uh, you know, a specific uh, business casual business professional outfit that we that we, you know, outline for you. Um, so in a way, it's it's a conservative way of not being conservative, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes total sense. And like I said, the pink flamingo sock has a place. Like I'll wear it with jeans on, on a night out somewhere in, where you where it's more relaxed and things like that. But yeah. so let's go back to to starting a business. So November 2015, right? Uh, launch, yes. Launch November. Yeah, that's when you launched. So so I'm assuming that you launched November of 2015 and you had a million subscribers in 24 hours and everything went just perfectly according to plan. No hiccups, nothing went wrong. Your vision was complete and you're a millionaire for forever. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, it's that easy. Uh, <laughs> Obviously. Not quite, but you know what? Um, I did admittedly think that it was going to be quite easier than it was. Um, okay. Or, Tell me about that. Or that it still is. Um, you know, we're still, I'm still grinding every single day trying to get this thing to where I know it can be. Um, but I had this mentality that all I needed to do was reach my, you know, audience via Instagram or Facebook, post a picture, use the relevant hashtags, make people, uh, you know, my age who are wearing suits and ties to work or wearing business casual wear to work see this and think, oh, those are cool. I'm going to go buy them. Um, mm-hmm. And what you don't understand is from a marketing standpoint, it is so much more difficult than that. There's so much more that goes into uh, creating that engagement and then nurturing that person into a customer. Uh, I mean, think about how many times you've seen a product on Facebook that might look cool to you. You might click it. You might watch the video. You might scroll four or five sentences down and read, and then you back out, even though you're interested. You didn't just go buy it right there, right? So typically, you got to see something five to seven times or hear about something five to seven times before you're even ready to make a purchase decision. And that's not a yes decision. That's a yes or no decision, right? So you're still at a 50% chance right there. Uh, So I learned very early on and in a very... uh, not so subtle way that there was so much more to it and building out a full marketing funnel, nurturing those relationships, engaging with those people who, you know, show a little bit of interest in your product, um, being much more than a sell, sell, sell mentality, uh, is kind of the key to, to getting this thing to fruition. So have you done any campaigns that are more about, you know, like you said, instead of having a sell, sell, sell mentality, the the old school marketing approach of let me put cigarettes into the Flintstones sure. uh, episodes, H- have you done any creative campaigns to really get the word out? Because, I mean, at the end of the day, so you mentioned this to me that, and you said it earlier, that getting into the sock business is easy because create, making socks is cheap. You don't have to have a million dollars. But fundamentally, what you're saying from an economical standpoint is that it's a commodity. Sure. So... Uh, you're you're going into a niche space in a commodity market, so that means you really have to stand out and be noticed. So, what have you done to do absolutely. that? Absolutely. And first, just to go back, I'm absolutely not saying that this is an easy business or an easy entry in any way. I I was just using the uh, the angle of just takes lower yes, capital, I much lower mean. capital. You know, not so capital intensive. Um, but yes, we we definitely have we. Uh, we're actually in the process of launching a blog uh, that's going to be called the Gentleman's Collection, and it's going to be much more focused on the style side. Um, you know, mm-hmm. teaching men how to dress properly, um, pattern layering, uh, outfit layering in the winter, different things like that. 
proper suit fitting, uh, proper shoes for certain occasions, things like that. Um, so sticking to the style side, more of like the teaching aspect um, has been big for us. Um, social media has been our, our number one for sure. Uh, but beyond that, it's been a lot of word of mouth. But for social media, instead of just every single post saying like, go buy these socks at this website, or these are our new socks for this month, go buy them now. Um, yep. we, we make things relevant. Uh, you know, For example, fall was, the, the first day of fall was two days ago. And I think this morning I posted a, a photo uh, of some sleek gray slacks walking down some stairs with black, red, and, uh, and gray striped socks and some some black uh, Taboo New York loafers that said stepping into autumn like. Um, and I just posted that not too long ago. But typically when we when we do things like that, we, we get a decent amount of engagement because it's not just, hey, go buy this. And then yep. I follow up with every single comment that is posted. Um, and engage that audience. And I'll see the same people after I've done that come back and comment more and more and more because they know that they're going to get a response. And then next thing I know, I'm getting a direct message asking an actual question um, or I'm getting a Facebook message on a completely different platform asking me questions or pointing things out to me. Um, so it's more of creating a conversation than it is just trying to sell, sell, sell. Um, yeah. We've done a couple of different unique campaigns. Uh, one of my good friend's fathers passed away uh, two Decembers ago uh, from cancer. And he was a very, very stylish guy. Uh, just loved dressing up, loved just doing it right. And uh, so we actually designed a sock in honor of him. His name was Damon Black. And we designed a sock called the Diamond Damon Blacks um, that were a kind of combination of his high school colors had these big diamonds on them and they were purple which was one of the colors that he wore most often uh, in one of his high school colors and we sent those out uh, february of last year i want to say uh, and are donating a percentage of all the sales uh, from that sock through the end of the year to cancer research um, but that was much more of a uh, you know doing it for my friend than it was doing it to sell socks if that makes sense more much more about raising no, make, money than than gaining new subscribers yeah that makes total sense well and, and and that's what helps the passion portion of the business and you know you mentioned about engaging people so something i've noticed in my business in seven years is you know people are more distracted than ever Absolutely. so back you know in 2012 if i cold called an executive which i did a lot of um Let's say I cold call, I don't know, the, the COO of a Fortune 500 company, and I managed to get a meeting with him. I got an hour with him, no questions asked. I mean, as as recent as 2012, sure. there was no question about it. You got an hour. Now, I am maybe getting 10 minutes, sure. if I'm lucky. So in 2012, 2011, I could have a process, and I could work the process, and I could work the conversation, and then we could discover if there is a need uh, or if there was a benefit to working with me now, I don't, I can't work a process of discovery. I have to work a quick conversation of bringing insight and being interesting and relevant quick. Right. You've got a 10 minute elevator pitch basically because I'm competing with his phone buzzing in his pocket and him wondering, what was that? Was that an email from my boss or from one of the other executives? Was that, uh, or was that an Instagram like, <laughs> Because your brain doesn't distinguish. The Absolutely. Two. Both of them are just as important because of buzz in your pocket. So like you said, you've got to become interesting and you've got to be relevant to them really quick. Yeah, you've got to capture uh, their attention work. super fast and you've got to find a way to keep it. 
because if all you do is post some super cool photo or even run a Facebook ad, you know, and it's a super cool campaign and they might stop scrolling, they might scroll through if it's a, um, if it's a carousel ad, they might scroll through to the last photo, but believe you, believe me, the next thing they're doing is continuing to scroll down. They may click. And if it doesn't load quick enough, they're right back out. There's so many things that are going to pull them away because there's so much more, um, you know, in their hand that they can be doing. So yeah, 100%. you've got to grab that engagement quick, but you've really got to, you've got to find a way to capture uh, that audience and follow up with them. That's, that's the key because they'll forget about you. They'll forget about you real quick. Yeah. It's, I mean, the, the average sale takes six points of contact or something like that. And at least the traditional um, way of selling. So you, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned that you still grind every single day. I mean, talk to us about your day to day. What do you, what do you do? So from when you, when you wake up to when you go to sleep, what does it, what does it look like to own a uh, custom sure. sock company? Um, so most people don't know this as far as people who see my business or read articles about me or my subscribers. Um, but I'm actually still working nights and weekends to cover my paycheck so that I am not pulling money out of this business to slow the growth of this business. So Wednesday night and Friday and Saturday, um, I am actually bartending at a bar down here in Dallas to pay my bills. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday morning, Thursday, Thursday morning, Friday morning, and Saturday morning, and all day Sunday, I am working on Southern Scholar. Um, I wake up, I grab a cup of coffee, go for a run, come into my office, and I'm in here typically 18 hours a day. Um, And I may be running out and doing different things, and the beauty of working from home uh, is... You know, if I start getting sluggish around two, or I'm starting to lose motivation, or I find myself staring into my phone for uh, more than five minutes, I can get up, I can take the dog for a walk, I can kind of, yep. you know, rejuice, I can go to the gym, I can run to the grocery store for 30 minutes, I can get other productive things done that need to be done at some point done when my mind starts to slip. And then I can come back and it's kind of like starting fresh. Um, but I'm in here, man, every day uh, from the second I wake up until the second I go to sleep. Uh, luckily, my girlfriend doesn't hate me too much for that. She she understands that I'm trying to build something. She understands what it takes. Um, so it's it's a grind, man, but it, you got to do it. I mean, if it was easy, everyone would do it, right? 100%. There's- and you said something really important there about your girlfriend supporting you if there's one message I could get across to everybody listening, you've got to have a strong support system in your life, no matter what you're doing, because the moment that people around you that don't support you, the people that mean the most to you, you will. Oh, fail. Absolutely. Um, I would love to sit here and say that I've been doing this by myself because I'm the sole employee, but man, I would not be able to do this without the people around me. Not a chance, not without my family my brothers, my parents, my aunts, my uncles, I mean, my girlfriend, They've all helped me one way or another. My friends, their support, you know, as subscribers, as sharing things, as telling people about me. Um, you just, you just can't go at it alone, man. Simple as that. I mean, it's a funny thing to say because on the other side, like you have to go at it alone. Like you got to rely on yourself. You got to put everything that you can into it. But at the end of the day, yeah. man, nobody's ever done it all by themselves. Yeah, it's impossible. Well, and you know, 
And you and I have discussed a little bit about your business. So I know the background, I know the subscribers, and we don't have to go into that on that episode. But I can tell the audience, like, this this isn't some, you know, rinky dink operation. This is a legitimate business. This is a they've got tons of subscribers, they're doing well, and he's still having to go out there and grind and bartend and and do all the different things. And and I think that's part of the problem is because you yourself said it, a lot of people don't know that. So all people see is the success, but they don't see the hustle right. behind the behind the scenes. Right, uh, and that's that's uh, that's a misconception. That's uh, I guess we could we could blame social media in many ways for that. Um, you see the pictures of I have a habit of yeah. That. You see the pictures of the laptop uh, in the lap with the bare feet on the beach. You see, you know, and I mean maybe I'm even guilty of it because on my personal Instagram. If I ever post anything, it's probably when I'm at a wedding. So when, when people yep. see me posting, because I mean, that's the only time I really go on vacation is weddings. Uh, but when people see me posting, it's always that I'm out. You know, I don't wake up and take a picture of my computer every morning and say, back at it, 18 hour day ahead, you know. So <laughs> yeah. what they see is, oh, man, every time Kevin posts, he's somewhere else. But the fact of the matter is I might leave the state of Texas twice a year, if that, and it's always for weddings and, and things that I'm like obligated to go to. Um, I've been, I've lived in Texas full time now, just over four years. I've been back to my hometown to see my parents twice. Wow. So there's a lot of sacrifice that goes into this that you don't see. Um, I'm sure that most of my friends don't know that I'm also bartending. Um, you know, they probably think that I'm just crushing it with this and making tons of money and having so much fun and yada, yada. But I mean, that's just not the case. Um, and if I were to say that I, you know, quit the bar six months ago, who knows if, how this would be going, you know, who knows where I'd be if I would have scaled as high as I, as I have, if that extra, you know, cash flow was coming out to pay my salary. Um, but most people don't think about that. They think you start a business day one, you're paying yourself day two and it's just not the case. Yeah. Well, and it's going back to the social media thing. Everybody posts their, their wins. Everybody's like, Oh, I'm in Cabo or I'm in Europe. Nobody ever posts like, yeah, I woke up this morning. I'm pretty depressed. Right. Uh, my girlfriend broke up with me and I think life kind of sucks right, right now. <laughs> it's like with a frowny face as the picture. Nobody does that. Sure. I mean, you want to hear something crazy? April. Go for it. So what? Five months ago. Yeah. I was still doing my order fulfillment. 100% by myself. Oh my gosh, that so sucks. At the end of the month, starting about the 21st of the month, I was in my office doing nothing but folding boxes, inspecting socks, folding socks, putting them in the boxes, folding up the exterior boxes, filling that box with crinkle paper, sliding in the style card, the info card, taping that box, labeling that box, batching that box, and shipping that box. From the 21st till about the 3rd, that's all I was doing. Let me tell you something. There is nothing glamorous about what I just explained. So a lot of paper, paper yeah, cuts. just sore wrists, paper cuts, just you name it, man. But, but it's that it's doing the non glamorous things, being consistent with them, taking care of what needs to be taken care of that becomes so rewarding because the day that I got that last box out for the month, I cannot tell you the satisfaction of coming into the office and having it be empty. Oh, I believe it. Well, I mean, talk, talk about, so you've talked about the grind, you've talked about the hustle and, and building this business. I mean, what are some of the, 
the joys and the successes you've gotten from the business because you've you've been in, for, in it for four years now, and obviously it takes at least five years to build sure. a business. So you're you're getting to uh, not the promised land because it can take even longer to get to there, but the just the stability sure. aspect of yeah. business. So so what are some of the victories? So yeah, so we started. I started working on this for uh, just under four years ago. Uh, or I'm sorry, just over four years ago, July of, of 14, um, launched November of 15. So we're coming up on our three-year anniversary right here. And the single-handedly most beneficial thing for me, most rewarding thing for me, is when somebody reaches out to me who maybe wasn't the most confident when it came to uh, putting the outfits together, or getting dressed in the morning for work, and tell me, I've been getting compliments at work like I've never got before. or I That's had no awesome. idea that people would compliment me for a pair of socks or compliment me for an outfit. Um, I'll even get emails from girlfriends and wives that say, my husband or my boyfriend comes down the stairs for work in the morning and looks great. I don't have to tell him, hey, you know, honey, that tie doesn't really go with that shirt or this, you know, those colors don't really compliment each other well. He comes down, he looks great. He walks out the door, he's confident, he's happy. And that to me is the most rewarding thing. Um, because yes, this is a dress sock company, but at the end of the day, the reason that I that I really wanted to do this was to help guys build confidence by knowing that they're you know when they leave the house they look their best. So you also give style sure. cards, right? You yeah. So that. so so you get basic. Yeah, cards. you get a style card uh, on the front side. It has a photo, typically knee down, waist down, um, showing you the color and style of shoe. And then obviously the sock that it comes with and the color of the slack that you should be wearing. And then on the other side, it breaks down the entire uh, business casual and business professional outfit that this sock was designed for. So when I design, I start with, okay, I wore this to a wedding, right? I wore this up to a wedding and it looked great. The shirt, the jacket, the pocket square, the tie, they all match really well. Um, but I really wish I would have had this sock. I'm going to design that sock. And so I'll tell you, um, for example, wear this with a uh, charcoal suit, a navy white and gray gingham dress shirt, um, navy pocket square, uh, give you a, a striped tie, you know, uh, navy and white striped tie, what have you. I'll tell you from head to toe, the type and color of shoe, the color of suit, the type and color of shirt, type and color of tie, type and color of pocket square. I'll give you pattern layering instructions, um, color of your watch and your belt, literally head to toe style guide of, of a business professional and a business casual outfit. Okay. So when you talk about confidence and that's what you're trying to instill in people, and obviously the, the name of the podcast is millennial manhood and underneath it, it says confidence initiative persistence, because I think confidence is the first building block of manhood. And you talk about clothes Elaborate a little bit more on that. Why do you think the clothes are so important to put confidence and building that? Yeah, confidence? I mean, sure, it's a cliche, but they say look good, feel good, do good, right? I mean, uh, I absolutely agree with that. I'm if I'm dressed up in a suit and tie at an event, I'm typically on my A game. Uh, I know I look good, I I feel good because of that, and I perform good because of that. So, um, I think that that's where it starts. And I mean, when you go to work, you know, you wake up in the morning to go to work. What's the first thing you do? You get dressed. So yep. if you're just throwing on a random slack and a random shirt and a random pair of shoes like most guys in business casual environments do, 
because let's be honest, what's the what's the true requirement at a business casual office? You just need a pair of somewhat semi-formal shoes, you know, some loafers. Yeah, don't wear don't wear shorts and basically, flip-flops, basically. Yeah, something with a collar. Especially nowadays, it's getting even more casual. You can wear a short sleeve, you know, polo. Um, you can wear some chinos if you really want to. You'll get away with chinos every day. Um, and a pair of loafers. Some people even go as far as, you know, a pair of Sperry's, something like that. So when you when you wake up, you roll out of bed, and you just throw something on and you start going to work, I mean, how good do you feel? You're probably still tired. You probably still haven't even thought about anything. When you wake up and you put together an outfit that you are confident you're going to look great in, you as soon as it's on, you look in the mirror, you feel good, man. You're walking out of that, walking out of your house, you're ready for the day. Uh, just that little confidence boost. It's, I don't know, does something to the dopamine, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I agree with you. There's there's definitely something to um, putting putting yourself together, putting some effort into yourself and and feeling that way. I, can, I mean, I can tell you from personal experience, you just do feel better when you wear pants that actually right. fit, that aren't, you know, wrinkled up around the waist because you have to tighten them right. up with your belt or a shirt that actually looks like you're not swimming in shirt. So it, it's, uh, it, it is an art to an extent. Absolutely. Um, and there, there, I mean, I'm sure we can get into all kinds of psychology of how, you know, making yourself feel better helps you take action on things more, more, uh, quickly and decisively and, you know, in your body language and a million different things. But I think that's really cool that you've had people reach out to you about, um, them thanking you that, that, it, that it's helped them. I mean, that must be incredibly it's, just rewarding. Yeah, absolutely. The most rewarding part of this. Uh, and it's why, and I, it's why I did it to begin with. Um, so it's an incredible feeling. It's something as small as socks, something as, as common as socks, as you said, I mean, it is a commodity at the end of the day. Um, but something like socks can spark so much more. Um, I've had people yeah. reach out to me that have never owned a suit before. You know, they were definitely the chinos, loafers, polo, going to work kind of guy. They started subscribing for the socks. They started getting these, uh, this style advice that tells them what color suit to wear. And next thing I know, I get a picture of them. Hey, I just bought my first suit. Can't wait to style, you know, this month's socks with these. And I'm just like, dude, that right there, that's what it's about. So when we talk about entrepreneurship and we're talking about, there's a lot of future entrepreneurs who listen to this podcast. Um, That's actually probably one of the larger demographics of people who are looking to improve themselves and who are looking for a bigger vision and future for themselves. You know, what, what, are some of the immediate um, pointers you would give to somebody who's starting a business? I think that you said it in the question. Uh, You said that most people listening to this are people that are looking to improve themselves. Um, So Mm -hmm. number one is going to be look to improve yourself in every way possible. In your personal life, it's a direct, direct uh, impact on your business life. So if you're looking to start a business, is like cliche as it sounds and 21 year old me would be like not happening but seriously you're going out after work happy hour twice a week you're going out drinking with your buddies friday saturday sunday watching football saturday watching football sunday going to the pool saturday if that's where your mentality is and then there's absolutely nothing wrong with that there you know your mentality is going to change when it changes but if that's your mentality right now, if the most important thing to you is hanging out with your friends and going out drinking and catching the game and you're all worried about FOMO and yada yada, but in the back of your mind, you're wanting to start your own business or you want to be an entrepreneur one day, 
start slow. Take take one day that you would typically go out drinking with your buddies. Take it off and read a book. Uh, read a book by somebody who has done what you want to do. Um, take an online course. I mean, there are so many so many resources out there with the internet now. Um, you can teach yourself anything. I mean, Google offers analytics classes, AdWords classes. You can go take coding classes, digital marketing classes, design classes uh, from Udemy, Udacity. I mean, they're everywhere. So start taking the little steps to learn. I mean, as important as that is, take the steps to learn. Um, and it'll it'll be a building block. And it's amazing how little things can can grow into big things. I had no idea that I would have such a passion for marketing when I started this thing. Um, but realizing what a challenge it was is kind of what inspired me to learn more about it. And as I learn more about it, and I'm still learning more about it every single day, my passion for it is growing. Um, so just go out there and do something, man. I mean, to be honest, do something. Do something that benefits you. Do something that improves you. Do something that teaches you something. Um, going out and drinking with your buddies is fine and dandy. And you know, I did that for more years of my life than I'd like to admit. Um, but once you skip a couple of times, it gets easier and you're worried less about which one of your friends is buying rounds of shots and more about how much can I learn tonight? Um, yeah, your, your social circle is definitely a huge impact on your life. I mean, if you, if you hang around, if you hang around four millionaires, you'll end up being the fifth. Yeah. So I need to go find four millionaires. You know, they're out there, man. They really, really are. That, I mean, that's something I would tell young guys, look, you all know people, okay, that are in their 40s, 50s, and 60s that are stupid wealthy. Somehow you've got access to them. I promise you, I absolutely guarantee you, if you just walk up to some of them and say, hey, you're somebody I admire. I want to learn from you. Let's get together. They will always do it because nobody does it. Nobody and, does it. And it feeds their ego as well. And not in a bad way. If you go up to somebody yeah, and say, hey, man, I, you know, I see I see what you've done. You know, I've looked into you. I'm, you know, I'm, I am I would love to learn from you. Um, I actually, when I first went back to bartending, uh, when I realized like, hey, if I start paying myself out of this thing, trajectory is going to be slow growth. Uh, and I decided to go back to bartending. I actually uh, went and bartended at one of the most prestigious country clubs in the world. Um, and I did that because I knew the type of people that would be there. Um, and after mm-hmm. I had quit, and I mean, I, I made tons of great relationships while I was there. I still go to dinner um, with some people from there, you know, once every, every month or so. Um, I still talk to several people from there. But there was this one guy in particular that I never had a true chance to sit down and, and you know, have a 10 minute conversation with because um, him and his wife were always like, you know, in and out, in and out for a quick drink, going to dinner. Um, and yep. he would come in and he would have these uh, these meetings in one of the boardrooms with his team. And so I started getting curious about what he does. And, uh, I walked by one day, I was serving him drinks and I saw the logo on the, on the computer screen. I said, you know what? I'm going to go look him up because this guy's always been nice. I've always, and he was a great dresser as well. So something that, you know, kind of, we saw eye to eye on. Um, 
But I went and looked up his company and come to find out this guy has started like seven companies since graduating college, just a true entrepreneur, serial entrepreneur. Um, and so I reached out to him after I had quit that job and I, and I, it was probably a year after I left and I said, Hey, you know, Mr. So-and-so, um, I hope this doesn't sound weird, but I looked into you. I'm very, very impressed with what you've done. Um, I'm actually trying to, you know, build a company of my own, uh, as you know, and I would just be honored if you'd be willing to sit down for coffee or lunch um, and talk with me because I feel like I could gain a lot and learn a lot from having a conversation with you. He responded in like five minutes. Kevin, not weird at all. Flattered that you feel that way. Would be more than happy to meet. Uh, send me some dates and times at work for you and, and we'll get something set up. As easy as that. As easy as that. Yeah. It's not weird because he did right. it himself back in the day. Just he had to look up a, mm-hmm. a newspaper article or something else. Like that. But, yeah, it's it's so incredibly powerful. And I'm, I'm glad you shared your story of the good and the bad. I mean, you've gotten a ton of subscribers. You've, you've grown the business. You're, you're, you're going to hit critical mass at some point. I think it's a super cool product. I encourage people to go to the website, and I'll make sure, sure. I put that in the link. Um, but I also like the fact that you mentioned that you – there is a, another side to the coin. And I think that's so important to creating a, and cultivating the conversation. But if you, uh, l- let's take a step back and say you go back to 18 year old Kevin, knowing okay. everything you know now. What? So we, we put you in some weird time vortex where, you know, it doesn't mess up the future because you talk to your past and you're just looking at, at wide eyed, bushy tailed 18 year old Kevin. What do you tell him? What's, what's the one thing you would tell him and say, Hey, look, man, I've been where you are. Here are my experiences. You need to know oh, X. Um, I would definitely tell myself that nothing happens overnight. Everything is a process and everything typically takes longer than you anticipate. Um, the ride to, to where you want to get is never as smooth as you anticipate, but it's through that process that growth, both personally and professionally, takes place. Um so enjoy the process. Uh, like you just said, you were glad I touched on the good and the bad. The first couple of years of starting a business, as far as quantity, there's likely going to be more bad than good. But when the good happens, it outweighs the bad every time. Because when something bad happens, and trust me, it will, we've had, we've gone through every trial and tribulation possible. And it feels like you're never going to come back from it. Feels like you want to give up. But you always do. You find a way around it. And when you do, when you find that solution, it feels 10 times better than the bad. Um, The other thing I would tell myself is, especially when it comes to your business, be humble. Uh, If you walk around trying to convince yourself and trying to convince everyone else around you that you know everything there is to know about your business or about your industry, you're never going to learn the things that you actually need to know to be successful. If you're too proud to ask the questions then you're never going to gain anything from conversations with others. And that's where you're going to learn most is from talking to like-minded people or people that have already done what you're trying to do. Um, so believe me, I'd love to say that I know everything there is to know about the textile industry and digital marketing and branding and everything else that goes into building an apparel company, but I just simply don't. Um, and I'm actually learning more and more about all those things every single day. And it's because I'm not afraid to ask those questions, even if it's something that I feel like I should already know. Um, And finally, I would tell myself that focusing on personal growth uh, and being effective and efficient 
with your time is paramount to success, uh, both as an individual and a business owner. Um, you got to be selfish with your time. Yes, you got to dedicate everything you have to your business. Yes, but your personal life is your business as well. Um, and you need to leave time for self-improvement, self-nourishment, you know, read, exercise, network, build relationships with people that have a positive impact on your life and people who can who you can learn from. Um, and that'll have a direct impact on your business as well. I like what you said about be humble and don't think you know all the answers. I think as young men in particular, we um, we struggle with that. We've got a lot of uh, irrational confidence, particularly in our early Absolutely. 20s, that we have to, yeah, you've got to get kicked in the face a, a few times to, to humble you to really see where you are and where you're sure. trying to go. Um, well, Kevin, this was, uh, this was awesome. I'm glad we got to, I'm glad we got connected. I'm glad we got together and, and got to chat. I think there was a lot of good things that came out of the conversation. Um, I wanted to give you an opportunity to plug whatever you want to plug, you know, your website, your, your company, how can people follow you on social media? Just, uh, sure. take it away. Uh, so yeah, I understand a lot of you actually probably the good majority of you think, you know, a sock is a sock is a sock. Um, I could sit here and tell you why we're better, uh, for 10 minutes, but instead I'll just tell you that, uh, we stand behind our product hundred percent offer hundred percent satisfaction guarantee. Uh, meaning if you're ever dissatisfied with the quality, fit, comfort, color, pattern, style, stitching, feel, look, durability, lifetime, yada, 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 anything with your socks, we replace them. No questions asked. Um, so give them a try for yourself. Uh, if you love them, you love them, which you will. If you hate them, you get your money back. No questions asked. Um, but you can find us at southernscholar.com um, or on Instagram and Facebook at the Southern Scholar. Or I'm sorry, the Southern Scholar. Um, and yeah, check us out. Uh, reach out to me. Feel free to reach out to my personal Instagram as well. Uh, it's at K Rich Wool. It's uh, K R I C H W O H L. Um, shoot me a message if you have any questions on anything you want to chat. Um, you're thinking about doing something similar. I'm always happy to to uh, to talk. I love that. So not there you go, folks. You got a money back guarantee. Go check out the website. Um, if you've got any questions for Kevin himself, feel free to reach out. Or if you've got, I, I can get you in contact with him as well. But outside of that, just look. Remember, be humble about your business. Ask the right questions so that you can grow. We'll uh, we'll talk to you guys again soon. Again, regular regular spiel. Share the podcast. Give us five stars on iTunes. That really, really helps people a lot. <laughs> the five stars in particular. I don't know what it is about Apple's algorithms, but it just shoots you through the roof. So five stars on, on, on iTunes. Share the podcast. Millennial Manhood CIP at gmail.com if you've got questions. And we'll talk to you guys soon. Peace.